it is now very clear to every sane American, at least, that our nation is in big trouble. We once considered ourselves to be a Christian nation with Christian values, and we prided ourselves on self-government based on the laws of the land. And that has worked just fantastic for almost the last 250 years. Since our Constitution, which is the law of the land, has been so severely compromised, however, in the past few years, we have seen some really bad stuff coming down, but we've also seen some very brave souls put much on the line to unite righteous men and women in an effort to right the wrongs that we now see every day that are escalating in America and that are most certainly acting to destroy a great constitutional free republic. And that is very concerning to me. It should be very concerning to you as we approach another year, another election year. The big question is, will we actually have an honest or at least some semblance of an honest election so that the people can literally choose? Because if we cannot choose the leaders of our country, then we are no longer a free republic. And I have declared that because we do not presently have an elected president in office. It's a great concern. And the evil really began to topple America with the COVID-19 pandemic. And since that time, we have actually seen people rise up and take a stand in such a way that we are joining hands, joining forces so that we can take back America. And of course, that means everything. I still wonder sometimes to what extent that we actually have a grasp on the severe nature of the threats that we now face. We are under attack. There is no doubt about that. I would say, and I have said actually, that we are a nation at war. This is a domestic war. We are fighting a domestic enemy. But in a war, we have two sides that are fighting. If two sides are not fighting, then all we have is an attack. And we need to get really serious about taking on this domestic enemy that is destroying our nation. And that's where we're at right now. If you want some examples of who has risen up, we had three infectious disease guys, some scientists who put together a, just a fantastic paper. It was called the Great Barrington Declaration. It wasn't that long ago that a statement was signed, and they've got over 939,000 signatures right now of scientists and medical doctors across the globe who are declaring by their signature that, quote, damaging physical and mental impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies is what we are trying to abolish. And what are those damaging physical and mental health policies? Well, they included the lockdowns, the masking, which does absolutely nothing for you, nothing beneficial, the toxic so-called messenger RNA vaccines, which don't function as a vaccine. They are a bioweapon. And then there's the deadly so-called treatments available uh, that were made by, uh, by pharma and made pharma rich while they restricted the cheap and highly effective drugs that could treat 
all viral illnesses or most viral illnesses of an upper respiratory nature. And then they shut down our schools. They isolated our children, caused a tremendous amount of instability in our kids, and all for a virus that had a greater than 97% survivability for all and essentially 100% of children uh, do recover from the COVID virus. So the goal of the Great Barrington Declaration was simply to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity. And they crushed the term herd immunity. As if God did not give us an immune system, we have to somehow depend on the government to keep us healthy and safe from biological harm. Even a harmful virus that was generated as a bioweapon created and patented in the Wuhan lab. The COVID-19 messenger RNA shots were bioweapons also created and patented by pharma, fully funded and forced upon us by the government based on the propaganda of this weasel, Tony Fauci, who recently couldn't remember anything. He became a dementia patient overnight. I wonder if he remembers the Nuremberg trials. But Fauci was a genocidal maniac. He is a genocidal maniac who deserves capital punishment, in my opinion, for this global genocide that he pushed, along with Bill Gates and some select others. But another example, uh, a response to this attack was the American Frontline Doctors, This was a national organization of doctors who united to fight for your medical freedom and for civil liberties. It was to provide science-based facts about COVID-19 because that was the great attack on the world. And the American frontline doctors actually claimed to, to work to protect physician independence from government overreach. Simple as that. And to fight the medical cancel culture, which we have been over inundated with um, in every way in medicine. And we are fighting the legacy of media censorship and defending something that is crucial to good medicine, which is the doctor-patient relationship. So another great organization that had good intent where people, good American patriots, pulled together and said, no, no, no. We are going to blow the whistle on this. We are going to sound the alarm because we are under attack and it is destroying us. Literally, they are killing us literally with these attacks. And then more recently, just in January 1st, 2024, there was released a declaration declaration of military accountability. Now, this was signed by a group of 231 service members and veterans who signed a pledge to hold the military leadership accountability accountable for their violations of the law and constitutional rights. The claim of this declaration of military accountability is that we no longer consent to be governed. We no longer consent to be governed by those who use their positions to enrich themselves and pursue an un-American Uh, agenda at the expense of the governed. Now, that's where it's at. That is where we are under attack. We are no longer represented by our government. Well, I signed all three of those declarations, the Great Barrington Declaration. I signed on with the American Frontline Doctors. 
I signed on as one of those 231 service members for the Declaration of Military Accountability. Well, now there is a new declaration, and it's a very interesting one that caught my attention, and it is called the Redeclaration of Independence. But I am not going to tell you about it because today I have as a guest a special individual who drafted and launched the redeclaration. His name is Benjamin Barrett Hinckley. He goes by Barry Hinckley. And Barry is the son of a Maine boat builder uh, family uh, who was born and raised in Southwest Harbor, Maine. Oh, I just envy that statement. I love Maine. I am a New Englander. Uh, from the get-go, and this guy did some pretty fascinating things. He's been around the block. He initially captained offshore sailboats at a young age and then started working with his family boat building business, and the Hinkley boats, if you know the history of that, they were the ultimate boat to, to own. But after the industry was devastated by our government through the federal luxury tax back in 91 to 93, Barry had to leave the family business, and then he began working in a digital navigation company in partnership with the NOAA. It then was sold, and he transitioned then uh, to working with the internet. He actually worked with BBN, the nation's first internet company, and uh, that was founded during the Cold War technology, started back in 1949, and then he uh, co-founded the Bullhorn uh, software, which today employs a lot of people and does some great stuff. Barry also was involved in politics. He was a candidate for the Senate, the U.S. Senate in 2012 in Rhode Island, and he was going up against Sheldon Whitehouse. Now, for those of you who do not know, Rhode Island is perhaps the most corrupt state of the entire union. I am from Rhode Island, born and raised and I'm ashamed to say that, but that is just a fact. But anyway, Barry has got a real interesting family history. His great-grandfather, Colonel James Barrett, was a commander of the Minutemen of Concord, Massachusetts, who famously, along with his men, greeted the British on April 19, 1775 at the Old North Bridge. Now, that's some pretty exciting history. And... Um, so Barry uh, has got some good history. Uh, apparently, he's got some good patriot blood. He was a former licensed merchant mariner for 24 years. He's also a private pilot, and he now lives in Florida with his wife, Bridget, uh, and, where they own an insurance agency. And somehow, Barry has seen the writing on the wall and decided that maybe it is time to really get involved and to fight for this country for some reason. So, Barry, I want to welcome you to the program here. Thanks you for joining me today. Um, i got to ask you, Barry, what inspired you to write this document, the Redeclaration of Independence? Well, good day, Steve. It's, it's really fun to be here with you and your audience, and uh, I, I really appreciate the opportunity and all of us working really hard to restore this constitutional republic uh, uh, get, give a big thanks and a shout out to your uh, loyal followers and listeners. So, uh, you know, I, as you alluded to, I've been in what they call the cause for quite a while since probably the early Tea Party movement in Boston in, in 2006, 7, 8, when things were obviously, you know, the debt was racking up and, and the controls were coming down, you know, when the Patriot Act started 
clamping down on us. And a lot of us just saw it, especially if you're from Boston, you're raised in New England, you come from a family like I did, where you're very aware of government power and overreach, whether that be the British, <laughs> as it relates to my ancestors, or, or even today, as it relates to, sadly, our own federal government. So, you know, this fall, I was lucky enough to go to uh, an, uh, a small, intimate event for a couple hundred people that Tucker Carlson was the keynote speaker at. And it was to honor Linda Bean, who uh, from the famous L.L. Bean family. And as you, as many, if you follow Tucker, know he summers in Maine. He's a big fan of Maine. Linda Bean, the Bean family are obviously from Maine. And she's a great patriot as well. And it was to honor her and her dedication as a philanthropist to educational causes uh, for a group called ISI out of Wilmington. So I was at this um, honorarium for Linda, and Tucker was the keynote. And he gave an amazing speech, a really, really inspiring. And uh, he 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 really called out what's what's happening in our country right now since he's been off of fox he's been able to speak much more freely oh tucker and, has been great i agree yeah and so he he inspired me uh and others uh to get involved and to be brave and uh, and i encourage any of your listeners out there to just look up the wilmington speech uh either on his if you're a member of his site you can see it or if you go to isi uh, the Interscholastic Institute, they have it there on their Twitter feed. It's it's about 40 minutes long, incredibly inspiring. And that was September 28th. And I festered for like six days. My wife didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was so kind of in my head and inspired, but didn't know what to do. And I felt frustrated. And um, I, I just started writing. And that was, uh, and then that was October 4th. And I didn't know I was going to write a redeclaration, um, you know, almost like Martin Luther, you know, you know, uh, banging a bunch of reforms against the uh, the church door way back when. The, you know, this is our attempt at filing grievances against our representatives uh, and the deep state, really, quite frankly, in Washington, and trying to stand up and be heard. Because one theme I've heard from all my years being in the cause, whether it's writing for Senate or working for nonprofits to support constitutional you know, values, uh, is that people are really frustrated. And I hear it over and over again from people. Barry, I know things are deeply wrong with our country, but I don't know what to do. And, and, and not everyone can send money places or support candidates. People just want to get involved. So this right. is my... And, and, that's, and that's a huge problem that you bring up, Barry. What, people want to do something. They want to act. Um, I think that they need guidance. They need leadership. Tell us what to do and we will do it. And so, uh, you know, I want to make it clear. Can you just, in, in, uh, just summarize what exactly is this document? I mean, what does it say? What, what are you doing with it? Well, it's an accountability project, and the underlying goal is candidate or representative accountability. And we have 12 tenants that we are asking candidates and existing representatives that are running for re-election to sign on to. And the idea is, you know, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, obviously deeply flawed character, but, you know, very clever politician. Uh, he he said famously, you know, way back when that, you know, you know, candidates or rather politicians will never form the parade, but they will jump out in front with a baton if you do. So this is our attempt to form a massive parade uh, uh, holding up these 12 tenants. And we believe these 12 tenants are so foundational and based on our, you know, balanced budget, term limits, basic things, basic accountability features. They're so foundational that 
if they if if candidates sign on to these 12 they will also make great decisions with other problems that come up with our country. So it's an accountability project where we're trying to get, you know, back to Tucker's speech, he said, you know, if you get 10% of the of the population, the adult, you know, registered <laughs> citizen population, which is about 25 million people, you know, 10% of 250 million adults in the US, if you get 10% of the population to sign on to bravery and being brave and standing up, we can end this crap right now. But that's those were his exact words. So this is our attempt to get 10% of the population to stand up, be counted like our founding fathers did and take, take a little bit of risk, put some skin in the game and use it to force accountability upon our representatives. Okay. So Barry, if I, you know, I'm interested, I mean, I'm very interested in this when I first heard this, can you just summarize the main points of the redecoration? You said there's 12 points. I mean, well, what do they say just in a nutshell? Well, we can go through all 12 of them you know, individually, but they're basic things. Uh, term limits, uh, border security, you know, uh, pursue, you know, getting the military back to a meritocracy, not based on quotas and preferences, uh, uh, balanced budget amendment, uh, you know, uh, leveling the playing field for American producers. So if you want to sell your stuff, and this, this one's really important to me because I grew up in a manufacturing family and I watched the government make it harder every single year to make things here and employ people here, employ them at a living wage. But keep in mind, when the government hammers a manufacturing company, makes it more expensive to, to, to produce here, it, it, it's downward pressure on wages, right? It, because Absolutely. simultaneously, at the same time, our government was opening the doors. And this really happened in 92 when Clinton signed the most favored nation trade status for China. That opened the door to cheap goods where those manufacturers were not accountable to the same laws that we were, either labor or environment. And so, you know, and so we need accountability. Uh, and so those are five or six of the tenants. You know, we can go through them one by one, which would. No, that, that gives time, me a but... pretty good picture. I, I want our listeners to understand what you're after. Now, let me ask you this. What exactly do you hope that this declaration will accomplish? I hope that this declaration will accomplish the fact that we can get elected leaders in D.C. And uh, in, in one of the things it talks about in our term limits uh, tenant is that you know these folks have a 98% re-election rate. Once they get in, you talk about crooked elections, and that's another one of our tenants is, 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 is truing up the, our elections and get some um, reform, election reform so we can, we, can, we can trust them. You know, when you have a 98% re-election rate, you know, obviously they're, they're fixing the game, right? So we, yeah, need, definitely. we, we need accountability. Uh, and what we want is we want representatives that um, not only honor these 12 tenants and fight for them when they're in office, but when they come back to their district, we can use these 12 tenants to measure them uh, on their progress and whether they've actually done what we sent them to do. And if not, we fire them and we hire someone through our vote that will. And right now, you know, there's this famous, I forgot the name of the... Um, the journalist in Jacksonville, and it was 15 years ago, I think, in his retirement uh, editorial, he wrote, you know, you know, politicians are the only people that run for reelection to fix the things they broke. And that that movie is getting really old. <laughs> right. We want to end that that nightmare. And, and it is. And it's disgusting what, what we see happening. Um, do you. OK, so Tucker Carlson said that, you know, if you can get 10 percent of the population to sign on, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure why. That is the magic number, but um, 
is there really a, a realistic possibility that you think this can get done? I mean, can, what kind of feedback are you getting so far on this project? Well, two things. The first question is, uh, the reason I think he came up with that number, and it's just me you know, uh, projecting here, but I think is because there is another school of thought um, that we are ruled by the you know, 10% of the, of the bi-coastal elite population in, in this country. So 10% of the Ivy League, Stanford, you know, San Francisco, New York spinoffs, you know, you know, drones or the people, deep state drones are the people that actually rule us. So we're ruled by 10% of the population effectively. So the idea is if you get 10% to stand up and counter that, but of really traditional Americans, then, then you can um, have a huge impact. You know, that, that, okay. that's kind of the feeling. Okay, that, that makes sense. Um, so what kind of feedback are you getting so far on this project? Well, the feedback is awesome. Uh, people love it. I literally, I, you know, I was shocked when I first sent it out because when I first sent it out, I was getting things like, you know, you know, brilliant, obvious, you know, even Tucker responded that he loved it. When I texted it to him, he said it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, and so that gave me an encouragement to really run with it. Then I started working with um, a couple different veterans groups. Uh, first, uh, Naval Academy friends of mine. You know, growing up in the with a Marine background, you know, I've been I've I've sailed against the Naval Academy over the years. My grandfather built several yawls for the Naval Academy. You know, in the '40s. Uh, so there's always been an affinity uh, affinity with my family and in my work with um, mariners and and um, and I lived in Newport, Rhode Island for 14 years and of course the War College is there so I have a lot of Navy and Naval Academy friends so I started working with them and they were really really inspired. I actually wrote the 12th tenant with two alumni from the Naval Academy. Uh, so you know the feedback's been fantastic. It's it's steamrolling and I can tell by the numbers that come in. Um, you know, uh, literally over 30% of the people that visit the webpage sign it. Uh, and, and that's a big number. And in some days it's 60% of the people that, you know, depending on, you know, where, where they hear it from. Uh, so the feedback is really, really good. 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 That's good to hear. Did Tucker sign it, by the way? No, not yet. Yeah, he's not signed up. I, I, I have not asked him, but he's busy. Tucker's starting his own business and that is a next level um, project, as you know, is launching a, a media company, which is effectively he's doing. So I've not right. bugged him about it, but I plan okay, to. Well, listen, you need to, because this guy inspired you. Um, he's got to sign it. I mean, think of how that would push this forward. And and I'm really pushing for you here because I read the the principles, uh, those 12 uh, points. And I, I'm telling you, I, I think you're dead on with this. I think you are listing what we have to do to save this country, um, and I'm all for it, and I want you to know I've already signed it. Um, I think we've got some great work to be done here. Um, if you were to, um, well, if you were to pick out one one principle that you think um, would reign supreme among them all, what would it be among those twelve points? Great question, and I and I have a I think uh, a really quick answer to that because this is the exact same takeaway, and people ask me all the time if you could do one thing, uh, one takeaway from running for U.S. Senate, what would it be? It'd be term limits. Okay, and why do you say that? Uh, because in the re and this is why we wrote it at twelve years, you know, essentially two Senate terms, uh, you know, as the max, or or, or six congressional terms because of the type of person that it attracts 
If you have an open-ended policy and a 98% re-election rate, you are going to attract the personality of a career politician. And if you pay someone $175,000 a year and you ask them to maintain two households, uh, and but you allow them to transact in trillions, I believe there's a high degree of probability, and this is based on the evidence I've seen with the characters that are there, that they will become corrupt. Oh, yeah. You look so at you, the salaries of all these uh, long-term politicians, they're all millionaires now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's through corruption. So, yeah, so the, so the difference is if you open end it or have it, even, even if it was 24 years, that is a career. So if you allow it to become a career, there's a high degree that those people will become corrupt and unaccountable. But if you limit it to 12 years, you attract a different type of person that's actually doing it as public service, which is right. what it's meant to be by our founders, because you have to have another career in your life if you're limited to 12 there. Yeah, I like that. But listen, Barry, I want to challenge you a little bit here, okay? I like what you're saying. I agree fully with the term limits. But I'm wondering, just in the current milieu of what is happening, what about election integrity? Because you're not going to have terms if you don't have elections, uh, if you have a dictatorship. And that is exactly where we are headed right now. Um, what do you have to say about that? Well, see, if you ask me a question, kind of like, which, who's my favorite kid? <laughs> you know right, I mean? right. <laughs> it's like, I love all right. my kids, right? And you right. know, there is a tenant in there on, on election integrity. Um, in fact, we really pin it down. And I've done a lot of research on this. And keep in mind, I ran for U.S. Senate in Rhode Island. And I will tell you a story um, about running in Rhode Island, essentially. Uh, but there, it, 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 we can talk about it at a later date, but there's a lot of corruption in the system. They told me, the Secretary of State's office told me when I registered in Rhode Island in 2012, we had a friendly on the inside. And he told me, Barry, I got some good news and bad news. He said, good news is I think you're running a great campaign. You know, bad news is um, you're going to have to beat, we believe here in the Secretary of State's office in Rhode Island, that you're going to have to beat Sheldon Whitehouse by 5 to 6% to tie him. Hmm. There, there, there was that much fraud in the system in 2012. So, oh. and then you go to, you fast forward to COVID, and I knew immediately based on that, when they, they, they this would lead to mail-in votes. And, oh, and I yeah. wrote a piece on this in May of 2020, because, uh, because I knew that when you started mailing votes out to everyone, which I knew they were going to do, that the ballot harvesting mechanisms of the left would, would take advantage and, and it would really, really skew the vote. So, uh, which I believe it did. And so we wrote a tenant that basically makes voting one day. Of course, there'll be absentee ballots, but they'll be strict and, and well um, managed, uh, you know, for military and other people that can't make it to the polls on that day. One day, paper ballot in person with ID, suggesting making it a national holiday and suggesting that national holiday be Veterans Day to honor the veterans' sacrifices for our ability to have the freedom to vote. Well, well said. I mean, that, that's, this is what I like about this redeclaration because it's common sense, it's well thought out, and these are solutions that will work. And, and uh, you know, can they work? Absolutely, they can. Will they work? Well, it's a question uh, of the efficacy of this action. And I think that that's where we're at. Now, um, there's, there's one other little point here that I want to bring up, and it's a little twist. Some people, and I've heard this uh, in, through people on various radio programs uh, that I've been on, so some people are expressing this viewpoint that this great American experiment in democracy, which actually is not a democracy, it's a free republic, uh, it, they're calling it a failed experiment. 
And to make that claim, you have to believe that the Constitution is no longer relevant or it lacks the power that it once had. Would you mind expressing your view on that uh, and give me some feedback, Barry? Well, my first reaction is failed comparison to what? <laughs> right? I mean, and what I've always re- there's two things that I've always found incredibly remarkable about this constitutional republic because it is it's not a plural democracy like you know France it's a constitutional republic our founders did that on purpose first of all I've always been amazed that everyone that ever had a fight or a beef somewhere else in the world lives here and before our government started dividing us against each other we got along really really well right and you mentioned it in your in your opening monologue that you know we hadn't agreed upon you know, culture that we would adopt to a certain degree, uh, you know, certainly honoring the different cultures from different backgrounds, but within a boundary of Americanism, right? And, and the fact that we were so successful, I mean, in such a small group of the global population has had such an outsized impact on freedom and liberty. I completely um, reject that pose that we are not successful in a failed experiment. Well, good. It, it, I'm glad to hear that because I do too. Uh, the Constitution, in my opinion, is strongly relevant. It is not a failed experiment. If there's any failure and if America crumbles, it's not because the Constitution failed us. It is because we failed the Constitution. We failed to abide by the laws. We have the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, whatever that means, uh, and a lot of people, you know, it's it's a hot potato that nobody wants to touch. But you're right. I think the Constitution has worked this long because it is such a raving success to unify people. Well, we're going to take just a short pause and continue dis- to discuss this redeclaration of independence that could reshape America. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code out loud. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. 
Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. And welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Please do remember that my program airs at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday and Sunday. I would encourage you to also visit our new website, AmericaOutloud.news, for all of my articles and former podcasts. And also, please look at the other authors and podcasters there because they've got some great information for you. And information is what we need. We need to be informed. We need to know where we are going. We need to know how to act against this domestic enemy that is shredding America. The melting pot is coming to a boil, and it's just a matter of time before we boil over. And we've got to know how to navigate the waters, the turbulent seas that we now face. Well, today, I have joining me an absolutely great patriot, Barry Hinckley, who has drafted the Redeclaration of Independence, and he is seeking millions of patriots to sign this document in the hopes that it will foster change that can actually restore American greatness. Now, I like that. That is exactly what we need. Obviously, something has to be done because we are most certainly now on a crash course. Everyone is questioning whether or not America is going to survive the attacks of a rabid progressive left that is doing their best to erase our history, to change all of our values, and to reject the Christian principles that inspired our Constitution and actually made America great in the first place. So let me bring Barry Hinckley back into the conversation. Now, Barry, on your website, which is redeclaration.com, you mentioned that people generally react in one of three ways to this redeclaration. Would you mind discussing these briefly and um, maybe give me some percentages uh, on, on these if you could? Well, people either are completely all in, where do I sign? They are like, I love this. Uh, I don't dare sign it. And that, and that tells you everything you need to know about what we need to do when we have 
you know, patriots, they're afraid to be patriotic because of fear of, you know, either personal, political or professional retribution. And then you have people that are dead set against it. And those are the people that we're actually fighting against. Those are the people that want to turn us into some type of European socialistic country at best and at worst, a Marxist state. Okay, so that last category, those who disagree with it, um, you're not finding actual conservatives on that side of it, right? I have not. But I, okay. you know, I don't know, you know, I don't necessarily know if they're conservative or not. I can certainly guess that they're, you know, big government socialists, you know, because right. I don't know how because... you, these are not radical ideas. These are all foundational values that we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, the ability to, to make and compete on a level playing field internationally. We're talking about limiting the power of the federal government. We're uh, asking our, our, our own government to live within its means, you know, basic stuff here. It's not radical. Right. It's not radical, but people, I mean, you make a good point here, which which points to the actual crisis. People are afraid to sign this document. Now, I've signed that document. I signed all four documents that I discussed today. But let me ask you, is fear of signing this document actually justified in any way? I mean, do you think there could be repercussions for signing it? Not as real as people think. But fears, you know, Steve, you've lived it. You are there. They've made an example out of you. Uh, and, and that is in part, uh, in large part, I think, to, to make sure that other people don't, other doctors don't do what you did. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so fear is a control, a mechanism of control and manipulation. And professional, a lot of people are, you know, let's say, I know I, I'm from New England, you're from New England, you know, one of the reasons I moved to Florida, my wife and I did three years ago, is we couldn't go to a a, a cocktail party or a dinner party and, and talk about our, our opinions about where we think this country's headed. Imagine that, a patriotic family for a couple hundred years, we can't talk about basic patriotism. Oh, it's, so, so, it's disgusting, isn't it? So, it really is. Um, so, if you cannot have a conversation, you know, but... Um, so um, do you think? Yeah, so the fear is real. The fear is yeah, real, okay. but I think it's not as real as people think. Um, but there also is people are, are, are afraid professionally. Like, you know, I was in the software industry for years. And when I came out and ran against Sheldon Whitehouse in 2012, I had sold my company. So I was, I, I was a little more fearless. But, you know, there's, there's so many people that think like I do that run companies in New England that don't say a word and won't say a word because they just they think it will affect their income. Oh, yeah. And, and it probably would, especially in that neck of the woods, depending on what kind of company you've got. If you're local, you'd be, you'd be sunk if you're in one of these communist uh, Marxist blue states, you know, so that's a problem. But, you know, the, the concern is for me is that I think, as you said, that the fear that people have is perhaps hyped up. And we saw we actually saw people how they responded to this COVID pandemic, the virus. I mean, they shut this nation down because of fear. And look at what's happened right now. I mean, look at the FBI. They, they're now saying that they're going to come after more people um, pertaining to J6, you know, the January 6th event uh, where they petitioned the government for a redress of grievances in 2021. And now the FBI wants to go after thousands more of people who weren't even at the Capitol. Now, that could mean me. It could mean every single American patriot who says, hey, we believe the 2020 election was stolen. And, and the FBI, I think, is capitalizing on this fear. They know that they are 
Um, they can control people who live in fear. And somehow we have to inspire people to say, look, there is a price that we pay for freedom. Are you willing to sacrifice a little or let's just get down to it? Would you sacrifice your life for your country? Because it may very well come down to that. But um, but what I wonder sometimes is how do we get people to jump the fear hurdle and take a stand for their country? Well, every... You know, Reagan reminded us that in, in Thomas Jefferson talked about, it. I mean, what Jefferson say, he expected we'd have a revolution every three, three generations, you know, to, to and that, you know, fighting for liberty is a generational cause. It, if one generation ceases to fight for liberty, you can be guaranteed oppression. And Reagan even said the same thing. Every generation has to fight for it. So, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine in Texas the other day. And I said, uh, Todd, why do we do this? Because it, it has been great sacrifice. I, you know, I, it's cost me, you know, an immense um, amount of stress, you know, financially and otherwise, you know, in the software industry, for example, which is very left uh, to do this. But I don't think I have a choice because I have children and I will not morally pass this generation, this country to the next generation in this shape. So that's that's my fight. So, you know, I. I was talking to Todd and I said, Todd, why do we do this? Because, you know, he's a successful guy that spends half his time fighting for liberty when he could be just focused on making money like a lot of people. And, and he said, you know, Barry, I don't really know. And I said, well, I, I think I do, Todd. I, I've thought about it a lot. And I'm 57. My parents are late in their late 80s, um, mid to late 80s. And, and I said simply, I said, you know, I think it's because our parents are too old and our kids are too young. We don't have a choice. Well, I agree. It's our time. No. So so let's just nail it right here, Barry. How would you respond to these people uh, who are telling you that they are afraid to sign the redeclaration of independence? Well, they can sign anonymously. So we do have an anonymous feature. And so that means your name will not be posted. We'll have your name and email so we can communicate with you so you can spread the word. And believe it or not, that's a pretty popular feature. About 15% of the people that sign, sign anonymously. The others... Um, you just have to be brave because if you aren't brave now, someone else, maybe your children or grandchildren will have to be braver later. It's that simple when you're talking about fighting for liberty. So you yes, have to be brave. Is. Yes, it is. And every day that we fail to stand up to be brave, uh, the cost gets higher. The price that we have to pay to regain our freedom goes up. And we need to realize that because there will come the tipping point, a crisis time when we've got to decide, do we or do we not want freedom? And our actions are going to tell us how much we want freedom or do we not want it? Are we willing to sacrifice everything? And I personally just cannot live like that. I will be a patriot forever. Um, you know, people right now are questioning whether or not we will actually have a somewhat fair election in 2024. But recently, I think we are seeing some hopeful signs. I mean, there's a lot of um, 
a lot of uh, moguls that are even turning and saying, I've had enough of the Democrats because they're no longer Democrats. We know that they are communists. They are socialist Marxists. They are evil. They are anti-American. And even in the Republican Party, we have a unit party in Congress right now that is killing us for the very reasons, Barry, that I think you said. And that is that, you know, they're there forever. They don't care about their country. They just care about uh, dying filthy rich. And even some of them that are so old, like Nancy Pelosi with her insider trading and all, what is she accruing all this money for? It's a sickness. It's a it's a, a disease, a mental disease. I would call it sin. It is just evil. It's the the serving of money rather than the one true God, and that is destructive. So um, I'm excited to know that you are doing your part, Barry. I think you're setting a great example of someone, a true American who's been, um, you know, around the block, knows what's going on and says, look, I see what's happening. I see the writing on the wall. We are a nation in crisis and you're doing your part. So what I'm wondering is if you do achieve your signature goal, do you think this project is actually going to make a difference in in actually saving America? I mean, what's your gut feeling? What, I, you know, I'm trying to separate, you know, what are your hopes? Uh, I know that you, you hope that we get more than 25 million signatures. But do you think that this can really make an impact? I have no question. I, I, I was a businessman. I'm a dad. And I was a politician for, two, you know, five, I, when I ran for Senate, I worked for 565 days as a single dad without a break. I, I know, and I worked with all the other politicians because when you're on tour, you know, so I worked with, you know, the existing reps and the people that were challenging them on both Congress and Senate. I traveled the country. I think I know the personality of politicians really well. And I definitely know the personality of the career politicians. And we can do another show on the stories from McCain to, you know, uh, Susan Collins to, to, you know, to, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand, all of whom I know deeply. And I will tell you, they they ultimately will do what the people tell them, but they will not do it uh, unless you're either really rich and you got a lot of power like Zuckerberg or you, there's a lot of people behind you. But if we get these numbers, they will do it. And if they don't, you know, the great news is um, we can vote them out and we can put people there that will actually do what our founders wanted them to do in the first place, which is serve the country and then, you know, for your whatever your term is, term limits, and then you go back to being a regular productive citizen. If we get that personality in there, everything changes. Yeah. And that's what we do hope for. Um, yeah, that's what this country is founded on. We must, we the people must raise our voices. We are uh, many, we are diversified. We certainly are a melting pot, but the one unifying character has been our Constitution, which is based on sound principles, a biblical standard. And I'm excited about that because I believe it does work. Um, and then, you know, when you think back, Barry, about, uh, like you said, your, um, how much history do you know, by the way, on your great, great, great grandfather, uh, whoever, who was uh, involved in the American Revolution, a Minuteman? I know quite a bit. I mean, I, this is interesting. You know, I don't know. God works in mysterious ways, but I was born on April 18th. So obviously not that year, but I was born essentially the day that the writers, Paul Revere, uh, Dr. Prescott and others left Boston to alert my grandfather and his family. So my grandfather, his house, they just finished renovating it actually about 10 years ago. 
It's still by the side of the road, about you know three miles from where my son goes to high school, and oh. he in that house uh, is. If you go to my Twitter page, which is Redeck seventeen seventy six, you'll see a picture of the of his house. It still exists. They just renovated it. You know, he was hiding all the munitions in 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 and plowed them into the fields. He and others, and they got word from Paul Revere and Dr. Prescott and Dawes uh, that the British were coming. And they had an opportunity to hide all the munitions. My great-grandmother actually cooked the meals of the British soldiers to distract them while my great-grandfather was out, um, you know, with the, with the Minutemen mustering. So I know quite a bit, and I know the stakes were high. In those days, when you went up against the king, you know, they came, they locked you and your family in your house, and they burned it to the ground. That was the universal punishment around the British Empire for rising up against the king. I mean, I don't know if that would have happened to them, but certainly when you're hiding munitions and you've got a militia that you've formed, you're a threat, and those probably were the consequences uh, if you had been caught. Yeah, but that was back then, Barry. You don't think that our government would do such a thing right now, would they? I'm being facetious. <laughs> no, they work in different ways, but they certainly, and that's the problem with these term limits is, you know, we have these deep state actors that are there forever, these bureaucrats that are running the show. And I know in the medical industry, you came up against them. You mentioned Fauci, for example, he's a poster child of, the, of these deep state actors that have been there forever. And, you know, they have a lot of ways to make your life difficult. What's that old saying? It's very dangerous to be right when your government's wrong. Oh, absolutely. All right. So what would your grandfather say right now? A minute, man. I know the situation is very different. Everybody says that we live in modern times. Sure. But the principles, you know, the sustaining principles of, of liberty don't change. What would your grandfather tell us right now in America? How do we fix it? He would he would tell you exactly what he did. Choose liberty over security. Yeah, and that means overcoming those fears that we were talking about. Well, that's what our founder, founding fathers and all those Minutemen and everything else did. You know, and it's, I have a lot of friends, uh, you know, or former friends, you know, that have chosen the pursuit of money and comfort, uh, and they know in their head that this country and its liberties are eroding. And, they're choose and they have this tacit agreement in their head. They're going, well, if I make a lot of money, I can protect myself from, you know, the erosion of liberty. That is a false paradigm. It can't, it will not happen. Because they'll come take your money if we lose this. I'm telling you, they always do. When governments run out of money, they come take it from private citizens. And we're on they that do. path when you look at our country and the debt we have. Well, as heavily taxed as we are now, it, you know, the taxes are not going down. They did with Donald Trump, but um, they're going up right now. Um, you know, the, the, when we talk about the founders uh, from the original colonies, when they were fighting for liberty, they knew the cost. They were, were either, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, for example, they knew that they, they either win and prosper in a state of liberty or they were going to hang for treason. So they right. knew the cost. Now, Barry, does that spirit of 1776 still exist in America today? I have felt it. Big time. And that's why I wrote the redeclaration, because it's an easy way with just your sacred honor and your signature to get involved. It, 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 we Because there are so many millions of patriots out there that love this country and have done well and have prospered because of the opportunities given us by this republic and our constitutional uh, system uh, that want to give back. I know they're out there by the millions, and this is an effort to get them in one location so we can organize and then pressure uh, and elect representatives that will get us back to a constitutional republic and not this plural democracy that they're trying to turn us into. 
Well, I think that it is a very highly worthy cause, Barry. Um, I I want to really encourage you. I think that you need to get some top level people like Tucker Carlson signing this thing. And um, I think, uh, uh, you know, we need people to go to bat for you because you cannot do this project by yourself. I realize that. But I think we need to really push this thing because I believe in this cause. I believe in the principles of the redeclaration, and I believe in the foundational motivation for such a thing. There is a lot of strength in numbers, and more than ever, we need to pull together right now um, because if we don't, um, the party's over. I mean, it, it's done. So it's it's kind of a now or never situation that I see uh, developing in America. So, Barry, where do people go to contact you, and um, how do they reach you? Well, the best place to go is the website, which is re-declaration.com. So re-declaration.com. You can uh, watch the intro video. You can read our preamble, and then you can read the redeclaration and sign it right there. And then please forward it to your friends. Follow us on Twitter, uh, hashtag, <laughs> I mean, formerly Twitter, now X, at, uh, at redec, R-E-D-E-C, 1776. Uh, same on Instagram, same on True Social. But the best thing to do is hit the website and then send it to 10 friends and family members and ask them to sign as well. It's that easy. Just sign. We'll have your email then. We will stay in touch and we will keep organizing this massive uh, effort to hold uh, our representatives accountable and get this country back on track. Okay, I'm all for you, Barry. I thank you so much for joining me today. And for all my listeners, please go to redeclaration.com. Barry has asked for you to share it with 10 people. I'd like you to share it with 20, 30, 40, 50, or 100 people because this is a worthy cause. And it's something that, um, that we need to push. So Barry, what's your final word? My final word is, Get involved because, as you said earlier, the cost is too high for not getting involved. And we try to make it really easy. We don't need your money. We don't need anything other than you to get involved and ask your friends and family to do the same because now is the time to stand up. Tucker mentioned in that Wilmington speech, he said, and I think other people have echoed it since then, the next year before this election, it is on. We need to act now because if we lose this next election, and I mean this country, we're, it's, it's going to be really tough to recover. Well, those are good words, Barry, and I'm with you 100%. I thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you, Dr. Steve. It's great to be here. You betcha. And so there you have it. If ever there was a time to get involved by taking action to save America, it is now. I truly do thank God for people like Barry Hinckley and for the many good patriots in this country who don't allow fear to get in the way of standing up for what is right if you cannot take a stand for what you believe because you fear what repercussions may come, then you really don't have what it takes to live by any standard. You will be forever a bleeding sheep and you'll be led to the slaughterhouse where the bleating will stop and the bleeding begins. He paid the price. He fought the good fight against evil. He lived with integrity. He wasn't silent and he acted 
And he left us a great example that we should truly follow. This is our time. And so I leave you right now with that thought. And I would highly encourage you to please live a life with purpose. If we pull together right now, if we are willing to take some personal risks if we agree to support each other, not tear each other down, but support each other, defend our freedom, defend our constitution, then we can absolutely win this war. As Barry said, 10%, we could do it. And I aim to do my part. The outcome of this war doesn't really matter so much as living a life of faith, because that's all that matters in the end, isn't it? Live with integrity. Think hard about whom you choose to serve. And by all means, please choose wisely. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve LaTulip. Until next week, adieu.